Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely pulp the Melbourne Cup in. Green light on, Premier Racing time once again. And they say things will often start off small and then they continue to grow into something bigger, better and stronger. And that is exactly the case with the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast because I'm proud to announce we've got a brand new co-host on the show. He's the king of Sandown Park, racing Jason Adams himself. How are you, mate? Welcome aboard. Hello, Jim. Great to be on board. I'm well and tell you what what an honor to make my debut on the the green line on podcast and you speak of some of the uh descriptive words you got better and stronger and never a true word spoken about yourself as a caller and also your footy career your tennis career and all the above let's not get there mate not just yet anyway we'll, we'll have plenty of time to chat about my football career or lack of and, and same with tennis career but hey mate the racing tomorrow night out of this world but before we do that Let's get to know you. Where did you get involved or how did you get involved in Greyhound Racing and how long have you been doing what you love? Well, it didn't come through as a kid and that's often the the first thing that people ask, sort of, did your family sort of plant seeds in your involvement? That wasn't the case. So as most of us do when you turn 18, you start to uh, take in the pub life and then that transitions having a beer and having a bed and therefore um, just took an interest in the dogs and at the course I was doing it at that point in time, I need a work placement one day a week. So I did that at GRV and things just sort of snowballed from there. So you go from being just someone who's taken up a new sport and just fallen in love with it, with the likes sort of through the, the period of time where I started to get interested in it was David Bale's Top Gun, uh, Proven Nitro Shootout, and then got a moment's Melbourne Cup. It was all through that period. So uh, how things change and how things go fast over a period of what's almost... Uh, 10 years it's a great story and and i guess it's great too because you weren't involved or your family weren't involved in greyhound racing and if there was a a young person out there now who says look exactly like you i love i love going to the pub i, I love watching the greyhounds run i'd love to to one day get a job in that industry what would be your advice to them well what i commonly say is we're in a very fortunate sport gym where it's not big enough to sort of not make your own way and it's not small enough how you you, you you can't make a profile for yourself. So I think for anyone who's either 18 or 20 or 30 or even 40, if you wanted to sort of get involved in the sport, have a dip, uh, show some passion. And again, we're in a, we're in a caper where uh, if you want to have a crack, it'll be noticed quite quickly. Um, and if you're good at it, you'll certainly develop a profile quite quickly as well. So I think if you have a dip and knock on the right doors and then speak to, to the right people. As long as you've got the, the right uh, qualities and, and drivers, you're going to make um, steps pretty quickly. Your role at Sandown Park, you've been there now 10 years. What does that entail? Um, not so much 10 years, sort of 10 years in the sport, but it's been, what's it been? Uh, a bit over eight years. So um, through the, the bulk of the early, close enough, nearest to the pin. <laughs> um, through the early stages, sort of as a assistant to, to Mick Floyd, I'm sure everyone knows, who was a terrific servant of the club for many a years. And since he's um, unfortunately departed through the, the latter half of, of 2021, I've sort of um, taken up a, a lot of uh, his void from a, a racing operations point of view. So I sort of transitioned over the past three or four months, but uh, loving what I'm doing. And it's a, as we always say, it's a great sport to be part of. Mate, you've been on track for so many amazing races you've seen some of the best greyhounds in the flesh with the job you have at the moment or have had over the last eight years 
What what's the the one race that stands out? And has there been a dog that stood out that's just been above the rest for you? Well, given a sort of run of run on emotion a lot and passion, you seem to get really heavily drawn into to recency bias. So Aston Rupee mm. of most recent times, I mean, I've I've said a number of times there was nothing better for me in a sport in the past twelve months when he finds a front. The next 24 seconds is just pure magic. It's just so good to watch. But I guess in years gone by, the the ones like Tornado Tears really took my attention. Uh, Fernando Bale, and I guess the default answer for a lot of people, and he's mine as well, uh, the best race was certainly that 2015 Melbourne Cup, which was absolutely magic. But you want to know something weird, Jim? One thing that stands Always. out that I go back and look at on YouTube occasionally is a speed start trial of full-on bling. Really? Does that sound weird? You got home in 10.19 uh, and I thought, wow, how good is that? He was a bit of a money muncher though, wasn't he? Full on blink for memory. He was, but a powerhouse at the same time. So yeah. that's the deal for a speed star. <laughs> I, uh, so I think he mentioned... tried well to get in and then got rolled in the match. Well, there you go. Exactly what I was talking about. But <laughs> you spoke of that iconic Melbourne Cup and there's that iconic photo that I think Clint Anderson uh, captured of Dine and Double One, Fernando Bale, head to head to the line. And, and actually, Jace, the... Uh, that iconic photo is the desktop on my son's iPad, which helps him put him to sleep. The wife, the better half, she, she's organised the, the lovely sleep music and it does work, but that is the photo on his iPad. It was such an iconic image. It was incredible. Amazing. And the one thing I wish, Jace, I'm, I'm a little bit down still some six or seven years later on, is that I wish Fernando Bale had won it. I mean, look, all credit to Dino Double One, but Fernando Bale, especially knowing what he's gone on to do since then, I would have loved to have seen just cling on, stave off Dino double one. He wins that Melbourne Cup and he goes down as even better than what he was, if that's a possibility. We spoke a moment ago of Aston Rupee as well. And for the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast fans out there, we're in the midst of putting together something at the moment. It's a little bit of a, what's in the pipeline at the moment, I guess you could say. We're going to sit down with Glenn Rounds, myself, Glenn Rounds and Ray Border, and we're going to chat everything Aston Rupee. So it'll be interesting to, to get to know the trainer and the owner and the way that they came together with potentially one of the greatest. And I think almost fair to say, Jace, the fastest greyhound of all time. I agree. I stand tall and think he's the fastest that um, clearly I've ever seen, but I've been around five minutes compared to most people. And they look back at the likes of Britt Lee, but to me, generations move on and he's clearly the fastest uh, that we've seen for a long, long time. So, yep, couldn't disagree with what you say. A huge news too that he retired obviously last week. We spoke of this on the show last week, but did it come as a little bit of a surprise to you that Aston Rupee was retired? I mean, the million-dollar chases are just around the corner. The golden Easter eggs underway. The, the the options are almost endless. We're only two months from a Harrison Dawson, not even. So it was a little bit of a surprise that it came. You can understand why it has, but I think personally it's a bit of a surprise that he's pulled the pin. Yeah, with so many opportunities coming up, and I guess it's very disappointing for us nuffies who just love watching him go around. But there's, of course, a bigger picture to that for for his connection. So I'd love to hear what uh, Ray Border has to say when you get him on, Jim. I know himself personally certainly concentrates on uh, the thoroughbred racing scene. I guess the, the more successful sires don't have too many starts and he was really conscious of, of not over-racing Aston Rupee. And I mean, we can speak about sort of these big races coming up, but then again, if he was to sort of, I don't know, be off half a length, then he gets crunched and does his sort of shine come off a little bit? Who knows? That might be the theory. It might not, well, but... 
Um, he's been an absolute rocket, that's for sure. They probably had more to lose than to gain by continuing on to race him. So the time was probably right. And look, he goes down as, as one of the absolute stars of the sport. No two ways about that. And I guess with that stud career beckoning, being so well-bred by Aston Miley, KC and all, well, it was just a matter of time before he, he does retire to start. And and that has happened. So well done to uh, to Ray Border and Glenn Rounds and the whole team with Aston Rupee. We look forward to uh, to seeing his pups in the future. Run of the week. Now we move on to run of the week. One of my favourite segments on the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. And and last week we had uh, a very impressive win of Black Sail. Now, Ned McDonald actually got onto me via message and he said, surely, Jimmy, this has to be run of the week. I've conceded. I've surrendered. Here he is, Black Sail, last week's run of the week. And down, the green light is on and the lure's on the roll. They're set to run. Ready, race three, set. Racing slow black sail speed from Dr. Gwen pounced on the lead and got clear. Second was Deep Wit. Amlin Emmer got to third, just got a slight check, but runs on. Well, out deeper was Black Sail recovering from Archie's Entity. Well back was Here Comes Pie. Dr. Valentin and Boom Lateral last up front. It's Deep Wit's in front. Got underneath Dr. Gwen. Here comes Black Sail with a run. Further back to Amlin Emperor. The leader was Deep Wit's. Black Sail bumped into it, goes to the outside. Got it. Big win. Oh, yeah. Got it on the outside, Black Sail. And Jace, on this show, mate, we sometimes like to blow our own trumpet, get a bit excited. We tip black sails. So that win was even a little bit more special, but Pi G looks the real deal. And surely he, he looks like he's going to have a boom career over maybe 600 meters plus. 100% strong operator. And isn't it funny when you speak to the right people, Jim, you, you get where you want to be. And uh, that's what Nettie's done with black sail, but clearly a very impressive type home in 1046. We know that's strong and I tell you what, I don't mean to throw Neddy under the bus here, but he was one of the first to nominate for the launching pad a couple of weeks ago. And I thought, hang on, if he's getting in early, this boy mm-hmm. must be ready to rumble for this series. And and that he was last Thursday night with the, the cherry on top of his preparation. One of the strongest one to four win country heats to city final series I think I've ever seen, Jace. The depth in it, Dr. Gwen with that early speed. Uh, boom, lateral's going to be a nice day. Amlin Emperor's on the up. Even Archie's entity ran last, and he's an exciting type. It was such a good race. Absolutely. Here comes Pye, who lines up in a launching, pa- uh, launching pad heat as well. And Deep Wits, who jumped from the pink. I know Des Douch has a huge opinion of him. Uh, he wasn't right to go into the launching pad, but keep an eye on him. Thursday's preview. Well, that was a perfect segue into Thursday's preview, Jace. Uh, chatting launching pad and... Wow, it doesn't get any bigger, any better than this. We've got 12 races to get through Thursday, 31st of March. There are an amazing amount, eight heats of the launching pad series, just so much depth in those heats. It's such a strong series, Jason. I find it hard to believe it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't such a thing as the launching pad. It's hard to believe now. It's a few years or probably six years into its current format now, Jim. And yeah, it's just sort of developed as one of the, the premier races across the country for, for greyhounds of, of limited experience and and limited wins. It's big prize money. Of course, you get a buy to get in $2,000. So it acts as a sweepstakes event. It's $460,000 in prize money on offer for the series. So we get all the big guns line up. We've seen greyhounds held back. We've seen some sort of peaking as they get to this point in time. So they're all here and it's going to be a ripping night. And just chatting on that, some greyhounds held back. Now, it's a restricted series to one to six wins. So a lot of promising young dogs, Jace, they get to five or six wins, a few potentially months away from the launching pad. 
trainers, owners, they come together, they make the decision. Do we hold this dog back? Do we, do we not potentially race for, you know, six, eight weeks to have a go at the launching pad? And there have been a few this year that have done that. 100%. There's people on different sides of the fence. And you speak of, say, Daryl Brennan with Mobile Legend, and I know they sort of pulled the pin early on uh, purposely to get ready for this launching pad series. Wow, she's fast, another one. She's been cotton wool getting ready for this series. And then on the other side of the fence of people who have opted not to do that, the likes of Paul Bartolo with Storm Stroller, who was on the, the cliff of eligibility, and he's decided to go uh, in a different direction purely because he's going too well, didn't want to burn up the time, which is totally fair enough. But... Then you've got others like Emron Boy and Jamie Ennis who are hitting this series at the absolute perfect time. So there's certainly different uh, variants of, of preparation coming into the series. And it's unlike any other series, isn't it, the launching pad? Because owners, trainers, they have to buy into the series. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I guess it's the old term, putting your money where your mouth is. It is a bit like that. $2,000 to buy in. That makes up for $128,000 of the prize money. Of course, a $460,000 series. And anyone can buy in. That's the thing, Jim. I mean, you can have a young pup and think, right, we're going to buy this early on. We're going to be a part of this series. But it also opens it up to people like, maybe not you because you're, you're an exceptional trainer in your own right, but one like me who <laughs> doesn't have any room for any dogs in the backyard, don't sort of own any, um, to buy a slot and then you can go shopping. You're the, you, you hold the cards. You can say, right, Jamie, Ennis, you've got it on board. There's no tickets left. I've got one. Let's put the deal. So set up uh, for anyone to be a, a part of it. If you're a registered participant or, or club and, and get involved in it. So it's a flexible series. Um, and I guess it's really matured into one of the, the premier uh, series for young greyhounds across the country. So it's going to be a, a belty night. And this looks to be uh, the deepest series or one of that we've seen in recent time. Exactly right. And, and so many greyhounds have been around for a while. The likes of Big Opal Rocks and Co, who, who we find it hard to believe they're going to a, a series that in a way is set up for young dogs coming through. But Dogs like Big Opal Rocks have made it to the top so quick. Let's get into selections, Jace. When we do a, a preview on the Green Light On podcast, it's all about tipping, let's say, nine winners, nine or ten. Otherwise, we're going to give you the, nine. Give you the flick. <laughs> the pressure's oh, on, I'll mate. I'll be back. And we like to do I'll it quick. We like to do it quick. Hey, you've got to be confident, mate. Just get in there and let us know who wins the races. Let's start with race one, uh, 7.04, the first event. I'm going with number one, Set Me Free. I was just taken by the run on Sunday. Good speed. Good mid-race pace and good strength. I think it'll be pretty hard to beat. How do you see it? I'm with Mobile Edge, and I just think he's, that Brendan Camp has got so much time to, to peak him, get him right. Given he has been held back for some time, he'll be ready to roll. Um, I just think he's another one who sort of competed in open class where many of these haven't. So I'll be with him in the first heat. Race number two, uh, one of the highlights of the series is a greyhound by the name of Wow, She's Fast. And... I know there are punters out there who average out the prize money of the Greyhound throughout their start. So let's say a dog's had 10 starts, earn a million dollars, $100,000 per start. Therefore, you'd back that just about everywhere. That's the case with Wow, She's Fast. She's almost won, or she's won over three quarters of a million with the win of the Phoenix. But I'm not going to go with that theory, Jace, because I think box five, she she plays as a little bit of a risk. Yes, she's the almost the, probably the best dog in the series. Um, I'm going to go with Photo Man number two. I just think he's drawn beautifully. He'll do everything right. I think he can clear the red at the start, find the inside running. Yes, if wow, she's fast, lobs close. Um, I'll put the sunglasses on and have a little cry, but it is what it is. I, I think Photo Man's the each way value. Yeah, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I just 
and with where she's fast. I just think it's such a good thing for her to get back over 500 metres. I mean, she's had two starts this year, both over the 460 at Warrigal, and now she can spread the wings uh, back to Sandown Park. And I just think she's going to be too good in a in a race where she finds a, a fair few here that um, aren't up to what she's been against when you go through her last four or five starts. So I think she'll be too good. It's going to be interesting. I'll be probably a little bit shattered when they go around the first corner and photo man's in front, but wow, she's fastest second, but we'll see what plays out. Race three, such a deep race. Kelsey Bale bounced back last time. Red Reactor's on me up. She's refined, just loves Sandown Park. And then Big Opal Rocks and Aston Kamuni out wide. Probably almost the deepest of all of the heats of the launching pad. I'm going with number two, Red Reactor, but we are going to have Daniel Powell on the show a little bit later on to chat about uh, both Red Reactor and Love This City, but I'm going to go with a check. So I just think you can draw a, a nice position early in what is a, a very, very deep heat of the launching pad. Well, he'll be following my tip, Jim, Kelsey Bale. She hasn't began that well when she's gone away from Sandown, but mm. in a few times where she has been to the track. She's it's a blinding pace. She's gone eighteen fifty five to the back, which we know is just humming. So clearly big Oliver Ox is the the big dog here, but I think if Kelsey can can catch a break then then she's the one to, to follow late. Race four, Amron boys the on topper here for me. But look Greyhounds like him that have won five out of five. It's a little bit like black caviar. You just as a racing purist, as a lover, you just want to see them continue on winning. This is his toughest assignment, though. He's got box seven. He's up against the open class in a way. Oh, I'm cheering for him, but he's going to have to be very, very good. But I think he is equally that good. Yeah, I'm similar. Always cheering for the, the good dogs to go well. But this is a big test for him. I mean, it's his first outside draw since he debuted where he did get some favours. So we know he's good. Jamie Ennis has got some big, big wraps on him. I'll be with Amelon Emperor. I just think he's a classy type. Much better price as opposed to when we're on boys. So he'll be my tip here. Race number five, I'm going with Dr. Gwen on top here. 498 for the first split in that race won by Black Sale last time. I, I think she she's going to improve on that, Jason. I called those heats at Warrigal. It was a really wet track, and I thought she raced impressively there. So she's got plenty of upside, Dr. Gwen. I think she'll lead. Hopefully she can get far enough ahead and she can run well. Well, she'll be showing plenty of toe. I'll be with Weston Finn. And look, his purse one's really good. He was a, a finalist of the Perth Cup. And I know Rob Britton did have a handful of trials on Saturday morning. So I'd be stunned if Weston Finn wasn't a part of that. So I think it's safe to expect that he's not coming in blindfolded. So we would have had a look. Purse one's pretty good. Not the deepest launching pad here that we've got on the card. So I'll be with him. Inside info. Well, that's, that's why we've got you on, Jace. Inside info. You're giving it. Halfway through another segment. Halfway through the segment, you've delivered some some magical inside info. West on Finn has trialed. Can you give us any more or or you just know the fact he's seen the track and that's enough for you to say, well, you know, he's going to be competitive based on that WA form? Uh, To be honest, no, he's, well, I expect that he's seen it. I don't know how well he went. So I I probably should be better prepared than that, Jim. But um, (laughs) either way, I'm sure if anyone wanted to contact Robbie, he'd be more than happy to, to elaborate on that. Race six, I'm going Slingshot Jonesy. I know the azapardi Lanigan combination had a really big opinion of this boy early days. Um, I just think he leads the red early. There's a lot of class out wide, Cybertruck, Power of Mindy. Stephen White just wins launching pads for fun. But uh, I think Slingshot Jonesy is going to put himself right into the race from box number two. I'm with the truck. Cybertruck for Matty Johnson in box six. Just showing good speed, 
Last two wins at Bendigo have been just superb. So all aboard the truck for me, Cybertruck number six. Race number seven, Jace. the back half of the meeting. Love this city. I'm going box number one. I just think old news in two is going to use a little bit of the track. Just give the red enough room to drive through. She does that. I think she can be competitive. But Black Sale's in there drawn box number four. And I know he's going to hit the line really, really hard. That he will. On with number three, Magical Mavis. She's got some good pace. And just saw at the Meadows last start, she just got held up mid-race, which didn't reflect the time that she set overall. So, look, her Warrigal win suggests that she's really quick. So, I'll be with her for Des Dow. She's got a really good young team at the moment. He has. Race eight, I'm going huge value here, Jace. Huge, huge value. Number two, Alfie Moon. We had Jess Hopkins on the show a couple of weeks ago. She told me then Alfie Moon's going for the launching pad. And she thinks if he draws inside, he can go well. So that's enough for me. Um, I think it's a winnable race for him. Potentially, look, there's Black Spartacus who absolutely launches to the line late. But with that strength under his belt, Alfie Moon, even if he doesn't win, I think he's an each way bet at a good each way price. We won a very few to come into a launching pad series with 700 metre mm -hmm. form, but obviously prepared to the minute by Jess Hopkins. I'll be with Exalted, number three. And how's this for a syndicate name, Jim? The three little pigs and the big bad wolf. <laughs> is the name of his ownership group, which makes up, of course, of the Pursuitos. Start off his career in, in really good order and is my best of the night. So race eight, number three, exalted in what is launching pad heat eight. Pete would be the big bad wolf, wouldn't he? 100%. <laughs> <laughs> race nine, stayers here, mate. Flaming Rush drawn box number one. She's just continuing to rise, but I'm really keen. My best bet of the night comes up here at number two, Balburner. Even though I think the red's on the up, I just think she can lead. Balburner can sit leaders back, power over the top. Uh, and that's enough for me. Each way, best bet of the night, race nine, number two, Balburner. Well, in terms of how this field looks, he looks to be the, the star with the roof that sort of hasn't been hit yet. He's been really good since stepping up to the 700 metres for the number one ticket holder of the Green Lot on podcast, Ned McDonald. On your Neddy. Good man. He's a good man, a very good trainer, and he's got a nice team. He actually came on the show about our oh, early days, one of the first episodes. Um, he was struggling to win a Tier 3 at the time, Jace. He came on the show. He got behind us, so we got behind him. And now look at him. They can't stop him. And just sussing some social media uh, things floating around, Jim, he loves drawing box one too. That seems to be oh. something pretty common from Ned as well. Trust me, we've mentioned that a few times on the show. <laughs> Race 10, I'm going with two, stay strong. Ticks a few boxes here, drawn nicely off the inside. The red should lead. And I like stay strong when she's drawn inside over 600 metres. So ticks a few boxes at an each way price. I'm with her as well. Number two, stay strong. She went through a run there of some ordinary draws, but I still think she's got the motor midfield to, to really make a good fist of it late. So I'm with her as well. Race number 11, Nikolai Bale, drawn the, the cherry. In golfing terms, I think the runs have been a little bit below par. Maybe a, a double or triple bogey the last few runs, but they have been in better races, Jace. I'll lean to Nikolai Bale. Not a, a lot of pace in the race. Pazenzia in box number four has got speed. Kasai in box eight. So I think Nikolai Bale, even if he doesn't begin well, he could still hold them out. At worst, he's going to be third against the rail through the first corner. Definitely. I think outside of the two you mentioned, he's the next best in terms of early speed. And yeah, his form's been a little patchy recently, but it's been in fields that are much better than this. And when you're up against good dogs, he can be made to look ordinary quite quickly, but um, he's not ordinary and he gets every chance here from the red. Lucky last, I'm going with the cherry on top here. That's uh, Vader Bale. I just think she'll lead. And if she's in front, well, she's the runner to catch in the last. Well, carbon copy our last four races here in terms of our tips, Jim, I'm with her as well. Good pace from the red. 
uh, pretty tough race to tear apart. So if you're looking for factors as to who to tip, you want pace, you want a good draw, that's her. Did you give us best bet, Jace? Yeah, I did. Race eight, the last heat on the launching pad, number three, Exalted Jim. So he will be my best of the night. Beautiful, mate. That's all we need from you. Uh, best bet of the night, race eight, number three. Hey, I'm going to start a new segment. We put our minds together before we recorded, and we've came up... We've come up with something that I think is going to work. I haven't created the jingle, but I'm going to I'm going to try and put together a jingle right now, live as we record guys for our our new segment. Here it is. Let's have a go. The Punters Punting Club. Is that bad? Yeah, listen to it. That's got to stick. That's got to stick. Oh, I don't know, mate. I, it, yeah, it was a bit bit touchy. We'll wait the... for the feedback. I'm yeah, sure it was well, strong. Hey, if you are tuning in and you do love that stinger, let us know and we'll, we, we'll maybe we'll, we'll keep it. I'm not too sure. But, hey, punters, punting club. Now, what it is, Jace, we, we're starting with 50 fake dollars. Um, every week we'll get $50 to, to place a bet on the Sandown Park meeting. You can have two bets, no more than two, because otherwise, otherwise the paperwork side of things for me, you know, working out the results is going to be a little bit too much. Um, and I'll have, to up, yep. I'll have to up the invoice and, and we don't want to be doing that. But, yeah. Two bets, $50 total spend, and it's just on, let's do starting price on the local tote at the time of the jump. So I'll start it off, mate. I'll kick it off. I'm going to have $50 a place on race 12, number one, Vader Bell. It's a little bit of a careful bet because it will lead. Therefore, I don't think it'll miss a place. I should be backing Bell Burner, but I'll start with $50 a place on Vader Bell. And always, Jace, race and Jason Adams, gamble responsibly, mate. What do you think? All right, all right. So we can tell who's uh, looking after the comp here. He's made the paperwork quite easy. That's yourself, Jim, with the one tip. So I'm going to make it a little bit more complex. Oh. Two uh, bets for me. I'm going to have $40 on Exalted, race eight, number three. Then the other 10 is going to go on race four, Emlyn Emperor. So that's the way I'm throwing around my pineapple uh, for this night of launching paradise. Uh, I absolutely love it, mate. It's going to be a terrific night of racing tomorrow at Sandown Park. We look forward to that. But uh, that wraps up your job, I guess, on the Greenlight on Premier Racing podcast uh, for this week, mate. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been great fun having a chat and great to have you on as well. Great to be on, Jim. Um, as I said in the opener, great honour to be on the uh, the Greenlight on podcast and looking forward to, to Thursday night as well. Launching Pat Heats, it's a very exciting time of year and we'll be back next week for the semis, I'm sure. Inside Info. Well, I love a training team who are in good form on the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast, and we've been able to track a man down who has dead set been flying of late, Daniel Powell. How are you, Daniel, and welcome aboard, mate. Cheers, Jones. Yeah, really well. Thanks for having us. Hey, mate, you've been flying the last few weeks. Group 3 glory at the Meadows in the Country Championship. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And, look, you, you've been working hard for so long. It must have been nice to get that ultimate reward. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a huge thrill. Um, you know, it's always even nicer when you breed them yourself. And, um, yeah, finally uh, a, a bit of reward for, for effort. You've got two in in the launching pad series, so you go to that next level again. We'll start with the runner in race three, number two, Red Reactor. Serious young dog. He, he's just stepping up every start, getting better and better. You must be pretty happy with the draw as well. Race three, box number two. Yeah, really happy with the draw. Um, he's probably in the hardest of the eight heats, mm. but um, he's drawn well. He's drawn down near the fence. Um, yeah, he gets his chance to, to qualify for sure. Race seven, you've got the cherry. So you've drawn beautifully both times. Love this city. Uh, love the city, I should say. Love this city. It might be after it wins the launching <laughs> pad. Drawn the cherry. I think it's just drawn 
absolutely beautifully here because the two is going to use a little bit of the track. How, how do you see the race playing out? You must be pretty happy with the draw again. Yeah, um, I was wrapped with her draw, especially when I saw old news in two. Um, he's a high-quality dog. He, he went over and uh, made the final of the Horsham Cup, so he's no mm. out. Um, but just wanting to use a bit of a little bit of the track, um, and her being tiny, she needs something to run cover for her, and hopefully he's the dog to do it. Best of the two, mate. Which which of the two, forget the racing tomorrow night, which of the two, if you were to solo trial them, would go quicker? Over 500, love the city. Love the city. And best bet of the two tomorrow night, who do you who do you lean towards? Love, love the city. Love the city. Just because I think, without taking anything away from the others, she's in the easier heat. The uh, red reactor heat is, you know, a lot harder. I think there's four or five genuine chances. Mm. Now, the two dogs we're going to follow on the green light on Premier Racing Podcast. No two ways about that. Just before we let you go, mate, your involvement in greyhound racing, you've been involved for a very, very long time. Can you can you tell us where it all began? Uh, yeah, I was born into the game. Mum had dogs, dad had dogs. They met, had kids. I'm the result. And you, you absolutely love it? Oh, yeah. Wouldn't want to do anything else. And what's the dream? What's the big dream, mate? You've now got the Group 3 glory with the Country Championship. Is it a Melbourne Cup that, that sits at the top of the to-do list for the Pell team? Yeah, it's definitely um, a Group 1 race. Um, preferably one of the, the big three there. It, it's not about the money when you get to that level. Mm. It's nice, don't get me wrong. Um, but it, it's, it's that yeah, Melbourne Cup, Australian Cup, Easter Egg, I, I feel they're the big three. If I happened to win a million dollar chase somewhere, I wouldn't say no to that. But <laughs> um, yeah, there's a big three that I think everyone aims for. Yeah, you breed a litter of pups, you, you hope you've got the next Melbourne Cup winner. Well, mate, start with the launching pad, hey? You've got two genuine chances in the heats tomorrow night. We wish you well with both Red Reactor and Love the City. And uh, thanks for coming on the podcast, mate. And, and I'm sure we'll get to know each other a little bit more as, as you keep winning these big races. And good luck with the launching pad to start off with. No worries, James. Thanks for everything. Well, that's a wrap for a huge show on the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast and the great news that Jason Adams is now a permanent fixture moving forward. Good luck with Greyhound Racing tomorrow night at headquarters in Melbourne. Hopefully you can boot home plenty of winners. And as always, until next time, guys, safe travelling and happy hunting.